Welcome back to Mothers in Construction. I am your host, Tonya Rivers. Today, we are speaking with Kathy Wilson, a quality control manager in the construction industry with 38 years of experience. She details her construction experience as a mom and now a grandmother on the path to retirement. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Don't forget to check us out every Thursday. Like and subscribe. Welcome, everyone, to Mothers in Construction. I have a special guest with me today. Hi, I'm Kathy Wilson. I'm the president and CEO of Might Services Incorporated. How long have you been in construction? 38 years. I started in 1983. I have one son. He is 30. Just recently was married. And I actually have two grandsons. And I am a mother in construction. That is so great to hear, mom and grandma. So describe to us how you got started in this business and what it was like as a new mom in this field. Well, in 1983, I was dating my future husband and he was in construction and uh, convinced me to come work for him and his company. They were out, out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania and did a lot of traveling on the East Coast. And that's how we met. So I did and had no idea. I was basically being put into a more of a laboring position, office engineering. It intrigued me. This particular project that I was on, we were putting in very large underground water lines to 36 inches in diameter. So it was very big, big pipe work. So one of the things that got me really curious about construction was the surveyors. I thought, oh, wow, look at these guys walking around with these instrument things. You know, I didn't know what they were called. Mm-hmm. And I go, how do they know where to put those stakes? How do they know how to put that pipe in the ground? About three years later, I had an opportunity to work for a survey crew, a different company, and the head chief, as they called him, he taught me how to run a transit and how to run a level. From there, it began. I was working on a large road construction project in the beginning when it started back in 87, 88. Okay. Um, Route 97, which is a large interstate that goes from Annapolis to Baltimore. The contractor that I was working for, um, it was a state job. And the chief or the project manager for the state of Maryland kept saying, you know, Kathy, I see you out there every day pounding those stakes in the ground and carrying that big old instrument around. He said, you need a better job. I said, (laughs) well, what am I going to do next? So he actually kind of pushed me towards doing inspections. I ended up getting hired by an engineering firm out of Baltimore, and I worked for them for 13 years. After losing that contract, I went to work for some larger general contractors doing quality control. I've been pretty much doing that ever since. I really like focusing on the quality of what you're doing to make sure that you're giving what your client is expecting. Right. So we kind of have to look outside of the box and not necessarily look at the costs and look at the time frames. We want to make sure that we're giving them the best quality that their money is paying for. So that's where this quality control, quality assurance program developed probably in the early 80s by the Corps of Engineer really took off in the 90s. And now it's being implemented into private sectors, not only for government work, state work, but it's also private sector work. They're demanding that they have a quality control department on their projects. 
even though that we might be on the same team and same companies and you really have to step outside of the box, you got to keep your focus on your job, keep your personal business, you know, like if friends or whatever, right. you got to focus on making sure that the job is being done by the specs under budget if you can and on time. If you're given the other two and you're not getting the quality, you're failing. Right. It's important that quality is kind of taking its own aspects of a project and not grouped in with scheduling and costs. Right. So in 2021, even today, women in this industry, we only make up 10%. I can't even imagine. I don't know what the exact numbers were in the 80s and 90s. It was horrible. At first they were like, oh, young. I was in my 20s. The men that were in the job force, they were cruel. They didn't want anything to do with me. They didn't want to show me anything. They would purposely tell me wrong things so that I would look stupid and fail. Mm. It probably wasn't until early 90s that I really started developing a lot of respect. And basically what I had to do was I had to stand up. You had to be hardcore, right? Exactly. And, Mm. and, you know, unfortunately, sometimes, you know, my mother, God rest her soul, she said, Kathy, I didn't raise you to have a trucker's mouth or or, or things of that nature. Let me tell you, it comes with the job. If you don't stand up and let them know that either you don't like the way they're talking to you or you just turn around and give it to them right back, you're not probably cut out for this business. It's tough. Right. I mean, and I always say there's no crying in construction, you know, (laughs) and unfortunately there is. There is in your your room and outside. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, let me tell you, I've done my crying many a times. We're females. We have emotions. We have feelings. It can be tough, you know, so you got to have your big girl panties on. You're going into a world of the unknown because you don't know who you're going to work with. I've met some of the greatest men in my life who I've carried on friendships outside of work and throughout my career. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I'd do without them. I mean, they were just, they were not only teaching me, but they were also giving me guidance and encouragement and wisdom that I didn't have. I don't have an education in construction. Mm-hmm. I learned by listening mm-hmm. and, and believing encouragement when I thought, oh God, I, I failed. And they were like, no, you didn't. You might've been put into a situation that you shouldn't have been put in. Right. And that you were doomed to fail no matter what, no matter how hard you tried. You're set up and, to fail. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I've learned from that. Like I said, you got to, sometimes you got to pull them britches up you know, <laughs> and, and, and just let them know that, okay, this didn't work out. Let's, let's go on to the next best thing. Goes to something that I know. Right. So that's always been inspection, quality control. Let's touch on some things you mentioned. I think it's important to for us to all to understand because our numbers are low, you know, there's no way that we can do this alone. We definitely no. need allies from our male colleagues. Yes. So talk to us about once you entered into motherhood, what mm-hmm. type of experiences was that for you? Because again, the audience, in case anyone is listening who is not has a full understanding of quality control, the quality control can shut a job down. The quality control has a lot of power. And by nature of some of the the nature of our specifications, our requirements by our owners, you're not underneath the project manager. You're not underneath the superintendent so that the owners can make sure that the quality 
has a certain hierarchy on the project. And that can also present a lot of issues, right? Sure. Because if you want to shut a job down, you got this uh, robust superintendent there, you got to right. stand up. So how right. was that, you know, being a woman in this role and being a mom in this role? Well, when I was becoming a mother, I was worried about, God, what's going to happen the first time that my son's going to be sick and I have to stay home? Or or what if I have a doctor's appointment and I couldn't get it after work or I couldn't get it at a certain time or day or whatever? How are they going to accept this? I think I worried more about that than I even needed to. I mean, I'm not saying that they didn't talk behind my back because they did. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. But to my face, they never made me feel, I don't know what to say, like, you know, not a team player. Because if I had to take off because I, my son was sick, I picked up where maybe somebody else wouldn't have done that, you right. know. And not only that, I was a single mom when my son was five. Mm. So I had no family here. I had no support wow. whatsoever. And I had to wing this thing on my own. And I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to work, do the daycare thing, be responsible, picking up on time? Because, you know, in construction, we could work 24 seven. Right. There's no set time frame of what you might have to work. And being an inspector, we could have night pours. We could, you know, all these other things. I have no daycare. I don't have nighttime babysitters. I don't have anything. Right. And basically sit down with my bosses and say, listen, I've chosen to not be married anymore, but I have a son I need to raise and I need your support. I don't need a bunch of, well, and she's off because she got, the kid got sick or right. whatever. I don't need that. I need more, you know, okay, we're here for you. And I can pick up where places that maybe, you know, somebody's going on vacation and I can fill in a little extra for them or something, you know, whatever it is. I'll work a weekend if I can. I had no problem with that. And to be honest with you, I think because we're women and we worry, that's just part of our lives. It's part of our inner beings. Right. We think sometimes the worst and it really never happens. So in my situation where I didn't have a lot of family members to help me, I did rely on some friends, you know, that were more than willing to say, you know, hey, Kath, don't worry, I'll, I'll go pick Jimmy up for you and I'll come pick him up when you're done. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen that often. But you know what? I made it work. Yes. And and you just do. I don't know what it is with women. We make it work. I don't fuss a lot. I don't whine a lot. Oh my God, I'm going to do this. You just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and just don't worry about it. If somebody's struggling, let them know. Hey, I struggle too. Right. You're not alone. It will work out. There is a will, there is a way. And I'll tell you what, even though my mom wasn't close as far as physical being, mm-hmm. um, oh my God, she was just, I could call her up every day of the week and say, mom, this happened, this happened. And she goes, but you got through it, right? And I mm. go, yeah, but it was really tough, you know? And she goes, but you got through it. Yes. Well, that's what you got to remember. You will get through it. Whether it's work-related or personal-related, there is a silver lining. Somebody will say, you know, I got this black cloud, it's following me, and all this stuff is going wrong and everything sucks and da 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 da. You know what? God only gives you what you can handle. That's right. You can handle it. That's right. It will work out and you will be just fine. That's right. You look back on those days and you're like, wow, I did that, (laughs) you know? 
And then when you're in the moment, it's hard to imagine it. And I've been guilty myself because, you know, you do feel bad because the the job needs so much from you. When you got to call off or you got to stay home and you got to do this. I mean, as much as you say, I don't care what anyone thinks, you do care. You yeah, care you what everyone thinks. You yeah. it's like you're you're paranoid, you're wondering if everyone is talking about you. And like you said, maybe they are, but so what? You got the job done, you came back, you probably exactly. worked that much harder because yep. you know that you missed something. And yep. at the end of the day, everybody respects you right. when you play that part, when you don't fall into the, you know, just fall into your circumstances and mm-hmm. kind of crumble into a shell. You just step right over it and keep going. And people look at you and say, Wow, she did it, you know. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I have guys that I worked with and I'm still friends with 30 years later and they go, I can't believe what you've done with your life and what you have. You did on your own. You raised a great kid. Yes. Um, you know, own your own home. I also started my own business. I, I don't know. I, you know, when people say you have a dream, don't give up on it. That's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. I did get married once and not interested in again. Maybe that just wasn't me. It's just not, that just wasn't what I was cut out to be. Mm -hmm. But when I look around what I have and the people that I've let into my inner circle, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I am so blessed. I have wonderful friends. I have a great family. It's very small, but it's my family. Right. And I'm just grateful. Very, very grateful. That's good. So you mentioned you started your own business. I want to talk to you about what was the motivation for that to step out on your own? What type of feelings did you have? What type of nervousness, <laughs> you know, with making that step? You know, okay. Because it, you're great at what you do, but there's Thank always you. going to be some type of fear of, wow, now it's really me. Now I have to perform in order to make sure that I'm able to be paid. Right. Well, the first thing I did when, when I got divorced, which was this back in 1995. I, you know, never really did my own taxes and did anything like that. My husband took care of all that. I didn't really know anything about that. So then I finally, you know, I had to, I had to learn, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to do this on my own now. Mm-hmm. So I found an accountant that was doing my taxes. I know we, we hit it off. He had a, a business with his wife and they turned into really good friends. And you know, I watched him do his business and how it was just something he did five months out of the year. Okay. And this guy's making millions of dollars. And I'm like, well, I ain't smart enough to do that. I said, so let me focus on something that I am smart at. Mm-hmm. And he was just totally infatuated about the fact that I was a woman in construction. Right. And he kept going, Man, you got to do this on your own. You, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. So, you know, I worked for a lot of big companies it was in 2002. Um, I was leaving a very large company. I was just fed up with the way I was being treated. And I was just like, you know, maybe I could do this, but I didn't have any money. Mm -hmm. And I'm still raising my son. And I'm like, oh my God, I got Jimmy at home. And, you know, I don't know. And, you know, so I went and I talked to my accountant and I said, what do you think? And he goes, go for it. So I did start doing my research. I decided I wanted to be a corporation, not an LLC. Okay. I got an attorney, did all the filing, made my business plan, got a partner. And the partner that I chose was one of my old bosses from the engineering firm that I worked for for 13 years. Okay. And uh, he was on the midst of retiring. So I didn't really need him to work for me. 
but I needed him for mentorship. He actually was a PE, plugged him my plan, and I actually was bidding a project while all this process was going and I got it. And I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Right. It wasn't a big job. It wasn't a full-time job, but it required a couple people and it was a part-time position. It was a kind of like an on-call thing, but I was still working for a larger general contractor. Okay. And I thought, well, I'm still making that paycheck. I just got my insurance paid for, you know, I got all these things that I, you know, and if I only need part-time help, let me hire a couple guys and I'll do this job and see what happens. Well, that job ended up being five years long. Wow. And I ended up hiring two retired gentlemen and they just loved the work. They were tickled to death because they were, and they were working two to three days a week. And of course, I'm making money off of them. Right. I'm still working for somebody else. And life is good. 2007, you and I were working for the same company. I ended up getting let go. I was like, oh, Lord, this is my first time really being without a job. And I had no other work as far as my business was concerned. I wasn't even bidding anything. Mm-hmm. At the time, that's when when the economy was kind of taking a tank, you know, like 2007, 2008. Right. And it was really hard to even find work. So I ended up, I landed a job with another major GC in the area as a quality control, their manager. I have been nonstop ever since. I've been able to continue doing my business through my business. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Right. And I don't have any employees per se. I just keep myself employed. I'm, I'm really looking at towards retirement. I turned 61 this year and I'm hoping I don't really want to go to 65, but if I got a really good job, you know, the next contract and it took me that far, that'd be fine. So I'm really looking forward to my last job and that's hopefully next year. That is so good. I mean, I guess the thing is that it kind of, you fell into working for yourself and you're doing something that you already know how to do, right? We always take for granted the things that we know because we like the blanket of being under the umbrella of a large company, which there's nothing wrong with that. No, but you were put in, into the position to test yourself. You already had your business set up. You right. kept your security blanket and then it was ripped, yep. right? So yep. you yep. had to do it. And I think yeah. that's that's cool. You know, one thing that I can honestly say is it was frightening because I was putting out, I, I mean, I had to put up bond money. I, you know, mm. that's a lot of freaking money. I mean, last contract we're talking almost ten thousand dollars. Wow, for bonding you know, for me. You know, it's not like I got ten grand sticking in my pocket to put out. You know, hey, I had to take loans, had to pay them back. I've got all the same responsibilities at any other company. Right, health insurance, life insurance, my retirement pension. Fortunately, when in my situation, it's an IRA, but it's still, if you don't invest, what do you have for your future? Right. So um, to me, what I like to, I can say, and stow it in my son, like he's just like, it's so burned into his brain. If you have an opportunity to to put money into a retirement pension program, whatever it might be, IRA, I don't care what it is, do the max, Mm -hmm. do the best you can to put as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Because I'm telling you, you the world is changing. Things are changing. They've already upped the age of retirement, you know, and I'm more concerned, maybe not so much for my child, but for my grandsons, I am. 
Right. I'm very concerned what their futures will hold. What they'll say is retirement age. I do think that there will be a time where they're going to step it up to 70 years old. And I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, 65, I think is ridiculous. But if you do your cards right and you plan everything right and you invest correctly and you do the things that you should be doing, there's no reason why you should have to work until you're 65 or 66 years old. You should be able to get out at 62 and, you know, cut back a little bit if you need to, pay them bills off, pay those credit cards off. They're the evil of everyone. Right. Including myself, you know, I'm definitely a plastic junkie, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been that, that was one way I supported my son. Um, I think it's good for the listeners to hear from you because you are now looking at the retirement plan and you can speak yeah. about what's necessary. Whereas I think a lot of people where they go wrong, they don't start to put this in their minds until they're in their 50s and their 60s. And then you think back and say, hey, I should have did this. I should have did that. I mean, even for myself, there's things I want to do better. You right. know, I think the thing that I've seen a lot of people make mistakes on when they're young and they say they get twenty or $30,000 in their 401k plan and they go, man, I want to buy a new car. Hey, I want to buy this house or I want to, I want to do this. You know, they're big plans. Okay. Especially the house major plan. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the problem is this, they're taking their 401ks or, or whatever the retirements they're, they're, you know, withdrawing everything. They don't realize they're getting 10% penalty yeah. um, uh, for early withdrawal. Then the taxes on top of that. Then whatever's left over is taxed again for income. Mm. And you end up, if you have $30,000, you would be lucky if you end up with $14,000. Yeah. Is it worth it? Right. You know, and then you're starting from scratch again, say at the age of 25 or 30 years old. And let me tell you, it's a risky thing. You're playing the stock market. You know, I mean, it. you're doing just like anybody else with their pensions. You're moving money around, whatever you're doing. Right. It's a risk. You could lose it all, you know, but I just, I, I cringe when I hear somebody say, oh yeah, I just, you know, took out all my money from my 401k. That's all right. I'm young. I've still got 30 more years to work. Let me tell you. It's hard to build that money back. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And I, you know, I don't, unless it's a medical emergency or dire straits or something, I frown on it, on anyone doing that before they retire. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And you're living it right. You're, you're in that path now to where you're looking at your life and saying, Hey, I want to have no more life. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No more than two, three, four, five years before I retire so that you can enjoy your life. You went through motherhood in this industry. You're now a grandmother in this industry and you want to enjoy your family and enjoy your life while you can without the cane if possible, right? (laughs) So You know, so you can enjoy. And I think that's important. It's important for women to hear that, you know, while we're in the moment and we're struggling, we also have to think about when the kids do grow up, when they get out, what our lives are going to look like on the other side. Right. I was blessed. I have my mom with me the last five years of her life and she passed away at 91 years old. Mm. What a life. Yeah. I'm not sure I even want to live to that long, to be honest with you. Mm. But I surely would like to live 10 or 15 years enjoying my grandsons to watch them graduate high school, possibly college and even get married. I mean, that would be wow. That would be great. You know, yeah. but of course I want to have my 
physical abilities too and my mental abilities and I think right now I think I'm I'm pretty good you know but you know who's to say I can't predict that right so this has been great I mean what other advice do you have for women in the industry well don't be afraid and the biggest thing that I think that I learned in in all these years is listen mm. You don't have to talk all the time. If you listen to the groups and the people around you, you can make your own decisions, make your own opinions, because we all got one, but you can also decide what is the right way and the wrong way. Right. And I'm kind of like one of those people that, no, I didn't get a college education in the field that I'm in, but you know what? I, I feel successful because I listened. And not all the time does listening mean that you're going to make good choices. Right. But the thing of it is, is it's better to listen, absorb, decide, and then jump into whatever you're, you're willing to do or, or offer your opinion or judgment or knowledge. Don't think you have to know everything because you don't. Uh, it's, I always say, I, I know a little bit about everything, but not enough to be a, a master of anything. I, I think I'm blessed because I've had this opportunity to do so much. I've traveled with my job. I've met every type and kind of person that you can imagine, which I'm so grateful for. Um, and I've also, I've had a lot of ups and I've had a lot of downs. But that's with everybody's life in general, whether right. it's home life, motherhood, work. It doesn't matter. You, you, it's not all going to be roses, but you can make it roses if you sit and listen. That's my advice. That was perfect. Thank you so much for joining us. We enjoyed having you here today. Thank you. Thank you to my guests for joining us. And thank you for tuning in to MIC. Please be sure to check us out every Thursday and don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're using so that you don't miss an episode when we drop. Remember, being a mom in this industry is about making sacrifices, but you do not have to sacrifice your dreams. If someone else has done it, you can as well. Do what you got to do and make it happen.